good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Stats Guerrera. Got a little interesting special guest today. Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. So, first, I want to introduce our special guest, Cameron Britton. You may have seen him from the Umbrella Academy. You may have seen him as the terrifying Ed Kemper on Mindhunter. Cameron, I am so thrilled that you have given us some of your time. Thanks for coming by. Cool. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Kind of random, kind of fun. I'm nervous. Talk. I mean, I talk about Niners all the time, but but you're the expert. I'm just <laughs> here to chat. I'm the expert. I don't know. You're just angry. We're going to get reviews now of people claiming that I'm not an expert. But I did like this one from Bearjamin. Five stars. Great podcast to raise your blood pressure. Time for an update. Firstly, I sincerely apologize to Rob for bringing him down with a too personally targeted review, which is kind of the theme of tonight's show. We'll get into that. Uh, I still think you were too emotional about the Jimmy G situation, but my criticism hit you harder than I intended. I apologize. You're doing a great job in providing the daily updates for everything 49ers. I look forward to hearing how you evolve as we start to move into training camp and the season beyond. That's the theme of the show, Cameron, is attacks that feel too personal. Because you and I talked earlier in the week, and we were going to talk about Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan and training camp and all this. And then everything came to a screeching halt on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, because Javon Kinlaw and Grant Cohn got into it. And Kinlaw came at Grant, and they got physical with one another. I should say Kinlaw got physical, knocking the hat off Grant's head. And then Kinlaw joined Cohn on a YouTube live stream, and it just got worse and worse and worse what was your reaction when you first heard about everything that happened i was initially just simply disappointed i don't expect cone to do any different i don't expect him to change he knows what he is and and he knows that he pushes those buttons but i i do you know i'm i'm more comfortable talking about Kinlaw and Cone than than I am Lance and Garoppolo, because I I can empathize with with being in a business where you know you're kind of the face of hundreds of millions of dollars, and what you say matters, how you carry yourself matters, how you communicate matters, and I think that for Kinlaw, uh, it just not in his best interests to hurt his sponsorship opportunities and the way he's reflected to people he cares about and to kids by comparing penis sizes with a reporter uh, and saying, you know, my family knows your face and things. It just, there's no, there's nothing good that can come out of that negativity. I recommend stay positive, man. Just stay above it and let Cone say what he's going to say and do what he, do what he does it's not it's not up to you i was saying to you pre-interview that that i i I just feel like there's been a couple years where where cone hasn't been in the building because of covid and there's a chance that kinlaw's just been kind of thinking about this stuff and stewing on it and letting it build what you focus on you grow so to be just sitting in that frustration that negativity that's just not helping you in life not helping your team and and uh, I, I, w- I was bummed to hear that you, you, you just don't, you don't want to see that kind of stuff to a reporter and a, an athlete coming at each other like that. 
And for the record, I want to say Grant is not blameless in this whole thing. I've been defending him on Twitter all day because my my reaction was that even if Grant is instigating this stuff, Kinlaw cannot threaten people the way he did. You're not you can't threaten anybody. But Grant was always headed towards this kind of a situation because he he knows how to pick his targets and he knows how to poke the bear. He's very good at it and it's intentional on his part. So I, I there's blame on both sides, but but for for it to escalate to where it did with Javon, I, that's the part I took issue with, and that's where I was defending Grant all day. Yeah, so that's sort of the thing. It's like every take you can have on this situation, there's another side to it that you need to explain. Everyone feels so fired up on one way or the other. The fact is, is Kinlaw had every right to defend himself. Um. Kinlaw even, Kinlaw even has the right to say how he said it, um, just not recommended. It doesn't, it doesn't show a good look. Um, it's not, I, th- I think for, for him, if I were Shanahan and I had to sit him down, I'd say that essentially in life, when you, it's like a video game, when you level up, it gets more challenging. And Kinlaw has leveled way fast. I mean, he, we're talking first round on an elite defense. That's a lot. And you kind of have to grow up super quickly if that's the case. You can no longer just say, okay, how do I deal with my problems? I'll go schoolyard on it. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't fly anymore because you represent more than just yourself and because you're doing it on live on the internet. Uh, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be asking him as his coach to start leveling up his communication game. I'd say that that's just a, a huge part of life and to make it in that business for a long time or any business. Um, you and I talked the other day. I, I do feel like there are similarities between what I do and what uh, athletes do and the fact that we are somewhat independent contractors who get paid very well but there's a lot of pressure on us from people with a lot of money who are spending a lot of money on us and they they do have expectations they expect those to be met and mistakes you make can stay with you i mean there's folks who just they might not want to hire you they might not want to pay you etc for for saying things like that does that i mean he's 24 so so why you know seal him in is this this you know angry guy who won't grow up or anything i i don't want to say that he's 24 but i do hope moving forward he looks at that and goes okay i told grant cone i have kids that so don't come at me like that that's a valid point but then how are you serving your kids by acting like that how, how are you showing them how to act how to how to compose themselves i know he had a rough life it sounds like his kids are are set up better than he is i i and i hope that they look to their dad like wow my dad did so much i'm super inspired by him but there's that chance that they get into the schoolyard and they go oh my dad's comparing dick sizes and threatening people i guess that's how i'm gonna start handling myself and i doubt that that's really kinlaw's goal but you get angry you get angry and and uh Sometimes it can get a little, go a little far. And that's the sad part too, or one of the sad parts about this is like, it overshadows 
what was shaping up to be a great story, right? Everything before this about Kinlaw was all positive about how he was looking good from the after the knee surgery and he was coming back. And Shanahan said he sees him outside his window, you know, working hard every day. And there was a real kind of vibe among the fans of like, here we go. Here comes our first overall pick. He's going to be smack in the middle of the defense next to Armstead and Bosa. And like, here we go. We're going to get the Kinlaw that, you know, the guy we thought could replace DeForest Buckner. And now it's just like this whole thing is just a cloud hanging over it. Yeah. I find, Honestly, if I'm a Seahawk and I'm an O-lineman, I'm thinking, cool, I know how I get under that dude's skin. Yeah. And I know I can get under that dude's skin. It, it just it never serves you to lose your cool. It's just something practice and practice and practice. It's going to happen. We're all going to lose our cool sometimes. But. That one went on and on and on. And I just hope Kinlaw, someone shows him Richard Sherman eviscerating Skip Bayless or Mark Cuban eviscerating Skip Bayless. Those men came with a prepared argument, valid points. They let Skip Bayless say his piece and then continued to eviscerate him in his field, in 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 the in communication, not in, you know, I'm gonna beat you up. Of course, that, that it's not a argument we all know how that right that's end. not really impressive you're 6'5 320 javon i'd put javon in a chair in in tie a hand behind the chair and i'd still have him over great <laughs> so, yeah. like, just work on i mean this guy's gonna expect be expected to be a leader i'm sure he expects that of, of himself and it's definitely an interesting situation. One I wanted to ask you about because it raises questions on what is a reporter in the social media era? What what is Grant Cohn? Is he a reporter? Is he a journalist? Is he something else? Whatever he is, if you sit behind a microphone or in front of a camera, you have certain responsibilities to your audience and to the people that you cover. I think my personal philosophy is I never say anything on any media or show that I do that I would not say directly to somebody's face. That's it's a simple policy, but it served me well. I have said many times I have told Russell Wilson to his face that I hate his guts and he tormented me for a decade and I don't take it back at all. Um, <laughs> but Grant doesn't have that policy clearly be, you know, um, and everybody has to decide what their own thing is going to be, but you still are covering people. And as much as, you know, we look at these guys like superheroes, they're just as flawed as the rest of us. And if you keep poking somebody and pushing somebody, there will be blowback in some form eventually. And I, I think you can do this job and be good at your job without having to resort to some of the stuff that Grant says, because he throws some stuff out there that, uh, I'm, I would never say personally. Okay, so yeah, so he he said a year or something, a couple off seasons ago, that he was going to post a stat daily of Frank Gore, the negative stat of Frank Gore's daily until something happens, until Frank Gore signs with the team, something like that. And I, I just thought then, like, this guy doesn't, quite know the difference between challenging an athlete and disrespecting an athlete. I think that it's just about the last thing you want to do. I don't know what it is about athletes. They just, man, it's in the culture. Do not disrespect me. 
And I, I don't know why Cone needs to go that far. He's super hardworking. He's mostly respectful. He's certainly respectful to the people who come on his show. He's helped a lot of people start their careers. He's very inclusive in that. I, I think that he, uh, he's got a lot of stuff I really like and love someone who's fearless in their analysis. You don't always see it. Uh, but yeah, then there's the side that's almost like, oh, I'll get clicks if I insult somebody. And it, it just, I don't know. I'm, I, I just feel like let's leave that in high school. Let's just stop. Let's stop teasing people to get others to laugh and applaud. It's just, it's just lazy. Uh, and I don't think he needs it, man. I think he can out out analyze uh, however you want to phrase that. Uh, most folks out there, I think he's excellent at his job. And I think that's why these guys want to say something to him because he does make an impact. And I think if he considers that, Kinlaw as well, though, I think if they both consider the impact they make on what they say, then that conversation goes differently. And, and then it's about what they said and not how they say it, which that's just the way it goes. How you say it is often more important. It's what sticks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you mentioned a little while ago, kind of, look, Kinlaw is a representative of the 49ers. This is, a, this is an NFL team. He's getting paid millions of dollars. There's an expectation that goes along with that. You have been on Umbrella Academy, which is incredibly popular. Did you feel kind of the weight of that? You know, like, hey, this is a, a big hit show. I, you know, eyes are on me, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you can't help but think about that a little bit. And it it's a cool job because it makes you kind of face whatever issues you're having, you kind of have to sort through them to get them out of the way. You kind of have to reflect on stuff. Why, what is it I'm doing? If I'm choosing to be an actor, why am I being an actor? It's easy to, it's an easy occupation to compare. What's this? Why it's similar to sports to me. You can end up comparing yourself to other people in your field and how they're doing. You can get lost in what people are saying about you. And if everyone's complimenting your work, it can have as an, an equally negative effect on if, if people are negative on your work. It can really affect you. Um, there's an ego thing to this. I mean, it's, well, I guess it's old news at this point, but, you know, Will Smith could not have been writing higher when he just got caught up in that success. I, 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 I think that there's, there's certainly reflection that, that is is essential when you're in a public figure you have to look at what you're doing and why i think the best way when um, drew Brees took his lifetime achievement award from the espies he just said humble and grateful i i can't agree more if you if you sit in that and you keep that and you hold that then whatever people are saying about you becomes of the way train land said it the other day in the media he was smiling and kind about it but like you know trying not to phrase it too heavy-handed and saying look i'm not i i don't care what you think of me <laughs> in the media but that's ultimately to shorthanded that's that's what it meant i think he's focused on appreciating what he's got and where he's going 
and I, I feel the same with my work. I just, I just focus on how amazing it is to, to get to do this. I've been doing it since I was 11. I didn't decide to have a career in it till I was around 28. I started auditioning wow. and uh, it, who knew, right. You know, but I wasn't ready to follow the dream. I wasn't, I, and I feel lucky. And that's, that's the side of this. I think it's important to say too, if I were 24 and I were in the limelight, I probably would have handled it worse than Ken Law did, to be honest. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we look back at our early 20s, what, how, how would you have handled, etc.? You know, it can go a few different ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of empathize, um, but also kind of expect him to understand that, that he's got to work on that at least. And we've seen, I mean, how actors can be provoked by either fans. I probably now I would think maybe more fans than used to be back in the day, just because everybody's got a camera so everybody can capture that type of stuff and post it and, and, you know, become Internet famous. But, you know, the provocation of actors is not anything new. Um and I, I think it's like you said, there's that parallel there, actors and athletes like they do have to deal with a lot of the same stuff. They sure do. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. The difference is in sports, there's a stat to read. There's st there there's proof in it. And those numbers lie in a lot of ways. If you if you looked at Draymond Green's stat sheet through his career, you know, my kid, when he's 20 years old, you look at Draymond Green's averages and I'll say, don't look, <laughs> just look yeah. at the plus minus son. Just look at the plus minus. <laughs> You know, there's it, it. It's tricky, but my, obviously my job is incredibly subjective, and that's really nice. I mean, for the most part, people want to support actors; they want to like actors. It's when it's when actors go too far, and and pe people also like taking down someone who's successful for some reason. They enjoy that too, um, and that's what's funny to me about Will Smith is he can go whatever forty years being the golden boy and then one thing and it's time for him to never work again in some people's opinions i think that it's a little reactionary i, I feel the same with this kinlaw cone situation yeah this is not like it's not like javon kinlaw should be suspended for half a season or anything like that you know it, it doesn't have to be so black and white all the time it's just it's something that needs to be addressed and then we can all move on with our lives i'm pretty sure Javon and Grant can sit down in a room somewhere, maybe with a couple other people in the room as well, and just like have a conversation and come to an understanding. It doesn't have to be like, you know, Javon Kinlaw can get suspended or Grant Cohn can get his press credential pulled and never cover the 49ers again. It doesn't have to be binary like that. That's exactly it. I, I kind of feel like if, if Kinlaw were willing to just sit and talk and hear Cohn out, that it may have gone differently because again, Cone is kind of a two-sided coin of a guy and he can really come across as respectful like sometimes it surprises you and you realize like no he's he compliments these guys a lot more than we give him credit for um if you're lynch do you do you release a press statement or do you just move on you just don't bring it up niners don't say anything 
I think what the 49ers are going to try to do is not do anything official. I think what they're going to do is we're going to say, let's not have Javon do any media for a while and let's keep Grant way the hell away from him for a while and let this whole thing blow over. And if we can get away with that, that's the perfect plan. The problem is this story is kind of blown up. It was on TMZ. I don't know if we're past the point of no return with that, but I think if the Niners could dictate how this would go from this point on, I think that's what they would do is because anything publicly that they do raises the profile of the story even more Then it's on ESPN. Then it's on profootballtalk.com, which as far as I know, as we sit here right now, I haven't seen it break through to that extent, but anything official from the 49ers will elevate it to that point. Okay. Cause I, I mean, I do love the conversation, the, the, the expectations of reporters and athletes, the relationship, what I, I, I find it fascinating and all the players getting up and standing behind their teammate. It's really interesting. That almost makes you think that Lynch and Shanahan want to see what's going on there. Like, okay, how do you guys, cause they could potentially get worked up kind of what I was saying earlier on what you focus on, you grow, like they could really grow into this grand cone problem. Next thing you know, these press conferences can get kind of nasty. Um, if the whole group's kind of building this this dislike for him, this open dislike, it sounds like it's getting pretty big. And that is something I would even think Grant's dad would start saying, hey, man, it, you know, do your job and everything, but you don't want the whole team to dislike <laughs> you so much that you can't even get an interview with him. You can't get straight questions out of him. That's not, that's not what you're looking for. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, Kittle came out in favor of Kinlaw Debo came Debo who right now, you know, is, is frustrated with the 49ers because of his contract situation. He talked about it. Eric Armstead called Grant a low life. I believe on Twitter, like the, the team is rallying around Javon Kinlaw for sure. Uh, fortunately for them, the rest of the 49ers press corps is pillowy soft and they will ask no contentious or even tough questions in any way, shape, form or fashion. And that was one of my takeaways from this whole thing is like, we're never going to get a tough question from any other 49ers reporter based on all of this. So uh, I think that if Grant, as long as Grant is not the one asking the question, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. It is kind of funny. They do have a nice ride as far as the West coast and how it goes. And the one guy who's even a little bit East coast, they're all up in arms about. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I almost feel like, one of them's going to play for the Jets, release an apology to go and like, oh, I didn't know how easy we had it. You know, they don't. Um, they really don't. Yeah, yeah, they got a decent. Some folks, they're coming. Who's that guy who came with Saquon Barkley? Like, don't you want to just burn the stadium down? Like, who what? <laughs> Set him up like, yeah, you asked Barkley. This is where you got injured, so now you're coming back here. Do you want to burn this? Don't you just want to burn the stadium? Is how we phrase it. And Barkley kind of just sits there and smiles, and then just says, "No, that's that's not in my mind." That's all it gives them. Uh, cool, good for you. You know, well, like we, don't play into that. That's exactly it. Like there's there's a way to ask questions and leading questions and like how you phrase everything affects the answer. There are trigger words that you can put in there. Like Grant asked George Kittle uh, about his lower body injuries. He said, is there some sort of training you can do to prevent lower body injuries? Or at least that's what he wanted to ask. 
but he threw in the phrase non-contact lower body injuries and Kittle jumped on that and was like, that wasn't non-contact last year. And then he kind of shut down after that and didn't expound on what we really wanted to know. Like, Hey George, are you doing anything to try and keep yourself healthier? So it's just how you phrase the question impacts the answer as well. And, and some, some people go out of their way to, ask non-leading ask open-ended questions and some people do the opposite where they really narrow in because they want to try and box you into giving them an answer that helps them continue a narrative write an article they want to write you know throw up a little quote on twitter that makes somebody look maybe worse than they are so the phrasing of your questions also has a huge impact on how they're perceived and and the players have to answer every question right? They can't say no comment, next question. Um, no, they can. They have to do media sessions. Yeah. Uh, that That's bargained in the collective bargaining agreement. Like Marshawn Lynch did that. I'm just here so I won't get fined. But right. if you do it every single time, the league's going to fine you. Um, yeah. but, but if you do it once in a while, they that's totally fine. Like that's something that I think that players don't take advantage of enough. You don't always have to answer. I find, I find the press conference section pretty interesting you know how much room they have to answer briefly or sometimes i am not sure how it how it works you know Draymond green got up there and spent about 10 minutes thanking his his trainer for getting his back healthy again it was an incredible moment he just sort of he's kind of amazing at press conferences though yeah he's he's a good talker yeah he's really good at, at holding court and saying his piece but but um, it's cool to see Lance getting to do that now. He seems like comfortable. It turns out they let him speak to the media and he's got a personality. Imagine that. Um, I feel like he's really just stepping it up into like a leadership type role. Like he gets it that he's the guy now and he's he's taking advantage of it. You know, all offseason you saw him constantly pumping up got teammates on social media. Happy birthday or a teammate would do something, get honored for something. He would always elevate it and congratulate them. Like he, I feel like is present all year long in a way that Jimmy Garoppolo is not like George Kittle said this week that he hadn't talked to Garoppolo since they cleaned out their lockers. Like Jimmy just right. Brian Greasy said he hasn't talked to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the quarterback coach. Like Trey has stepped it up as a leader, which is incredible considering he's 22 years old. Something else. And I've wondered, like, how the heck, when you're 30, are you looking at this 22-year-old? Like, yeah, okay, you're in charge. But Jimmy Ward said, I don't care if you're a vet, first year, whatever. You're the quarterback. That's your position. You're the leader, and I'm following you. I thought, okay, that's the mentality. That's cool. I like that. And it looks like Lance is ready for that. I, th- I think that that Lynch and Shanahan uh, really dedicate themselves to finding high character people. They're, they're really committed to that. I think that they have a philosophy that the team will win more games, more championships if they're like-minded. And so I trust them when they, when they said, man, Trey Lance would be a CEO of a company, whatever he'd want to do, he'd be successful. And we are amazed with this guy. I've just been kind of right in that. I've heard nothing to the contrary. I think Lance did an incredible job last year of not letting uh, the, 
the talk be about him? He sort of, I mean, it wasn't, you know, backup quarterbacks don't really get a lot of, uh, you know, press conference moments, but, but I just feel like, you know, we give Garoppolo credit where credit's due and how he's handled this Lance situation. But I think Lance has handled it as well as you can in his situation. I mean, he's got teammates that he's leading who last year were fully backing up and supporting Jimmy Garoppolo another guy saying, yeah, I'd follow him in the battle. He's my leader. Now you got to step in and you, you've got to do that. You've got to be more than a good player. You've got to be a good leader, good teammate. Uh, that's so exciting. It's so yet to be seen. I mean, I love this weird time where the verdict is so out. I, I can't think of another quarterback that was drafted this high that has this much mystery there's there's just so there's so many huge question marks that can't be answered you know i kind of especially when national guys start giving their opinion on lance like man you don't have the time to just analyze this kid and no one there's just not enough tape on him there's not enough circumstances there's it's not enough of a lot of things uh so we're we're about to find out um, in what I consider his rookie season, I think he was a he's a redshirt freshman. I think uh, yeah. I think he came out too early, and this year he would have been the unanimous first overall. Um, but dude believes in himself. He said, "All right, I'll come out early. People are gonna." I think when was the next time the Niners were going to have a shot at someone who has first overall talent? Their team is too good. They. They just fell into this lucky thing where they were 12th in the draft. Like, well, man, all right, let's try to get that guy. So they did. And uh, I just, all the reports to me seem like stand-up dude, incredible athleticism, plays the game the right way. People freak out because he bails the pocket early. Well, wouldn't you? If you're too young for the game and you don't know enough about it and you're really fast. You'd probably get out of the pocket. Every rookie does, even the ones. I mean, how would how would Patrick Mahomes look at Trey Lance's age and Trey Lance's experience? How would these guys look? How would Peyton Manning look? I it, it this is unprecedented. This guy coming in to save the season against the Texans and playing better as the game goes on, playing better as the year goes on. It is kind of a perfect storm Um, because he's played like just enough, right? For people to have hot takes about it, good or bad, because he's played the 10 quarters. It's almost like if somebody watched a trailer of something you were in and was like, Cameron Britton sucks. He was (laughs) terrible in that role. He never should have been Ed Kemper. And the whole show is going to be terrible now. Just based off of like the five seconds you might have been in a trailer. That would be frustrating. Like, <laughs> why are you trying to put a pin on this? How does that make you look this definitive? That's probably, I mean, it's probably things that should be more irksome to me on Twitter, but the definitive nature of people's points drives me up the wall. This guy will be amazing. This guy will be terrible. That's why we love this sport. It's not about you, man. You're not. You shouldn't be patting yourself back on predictions, but it's fun to make predictions. That that part's fun. It's just to 
to put a stamp on it, these emphatic, dramatic, often negative stamps on things, it just kind of looks absurd to me. I think it's one thing to, to say, I just don't see it with Trey Lance. I don't think freezing cold takes should cover that. You know, if someone goes, I don't know, I'm just not seeing what everyone else is seeing. But if someone's going, you know, Trey Lance is, is trash, then then if I'm freezing cold takes, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that in my books. You know, that's... That's going pretty hard and pretty far. Facts are, we just don't know. I, I And again, it's pretty unprecedented, this Jimmy Garoppolo situation included. It's this weight. How often in sports is there nothing to do but wait and see? And, <laughs> and we just sit. No one knows what to say. I mean, is he going to get traded? Is he going to get cut? How is this going to... We don't do good with I don't know. Yeah. And wait and see. <laughs> we struggle in those areas. Um because it's not like I mean look I've I've done consulting for people and what I always tell people is don't straddle the line and start with your conclusion first and then build your case. Trey Lance is trash. XYZ, you know, not accurate whatever. Like you you got to come with your opinion clearly and concisely and right out of the gate and then give your supporting evidence as opposed to building your argument brick by brick and then coming to an ultimate conclusion. So we don't like, I don't know. We don't like wait and see. No. And we're not used to it. We don't know. We don't know what to do with it. And that is, I mean, I feel like John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are some even keeled dudes. They're, they're kind of more patient than this business is used to. They're kind of more patient than any of us are used to. It's a show me now league. And that's sports. And all of us happen to be patient on seeing. They said from the get-go, you know, forget the, 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 the scouts, the analysts. They're up there on the draft going, this Trey Lance kid could be special. He'll probably sit his first year wherever he goes. Everyone knew that. And they said it in their opening presser. Yeah, we got Trey Lance. He's a work in progress. Um, we're going to have Jimmy start this year. Trey Lance would have to move. It would be a huge surprise for him to take over for Jimmy. And that's what happened. But we get so excited. We get so, and I, I, I don't blame anyone. I want to see Trey Lance play. And there's so many times last year I was calling for him. <laughs> um, probably every game. Um, but those are my thoughts on Jimmy. I, I don't know. I'd rather, <laughs> not a great sports fan. I'd rather lose and, be entertained than than win and be bored and it <laughs> wow i never i just wanted to be a good game like one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch was tony romo because you never knew the play was going to be exciting <laughs> no what it, but the one of my other favorites was rex grossman for the same reason where's the ball gonna go is it gonna go behind him is it going to go over to the <laughs> sideline? Is it going to hit a cheerleader? Like, you don't know. I love that just entertainment value. That's why I'm here. It's all that sports are to me. So, so Jimmy just never once have I said, wow, I've just never once seen him make a throw that I thought, well, not many can do that. I, I just, every time he throws, I think, well, yeah, you should have. It's what you're supposed to do. That that throw is what your job is. Uh, I once in a while I've I've loved a, a comeback of his, but he's usually the reason they had to come back in the first exactly. place. Exactly. You know, it, he's an interesting. He 
he's a really interesting. There's not haven't been many quarterbacks like him that have these elite tendencies and then these these just no can do aspects to his game. Backbreaking are, turnovers. Yeah. On first down. <laughs> I got to get off down. the carousel. The Jimmy Garoppolo carousel is struggle, but win. <laughs> Play great against a terrible team. Everybody talks you up. And then we go back up to the top of the carousel again. And it was just like, it's just over and over again. That was the cycle. And it would drive me nuts because people, we can't separate the team one from the performance of the quarterback. We are incapable of doing that. We have not yet reached a point as a collective fandom where we can say the quarterback did everything he could to lose the game, but the rest of the team is so damn good that they pulled it out for him. And that's basically what it was with Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like we don't get to really fully know the answer to these questions until Jimmy's on another team. Yeah. And until there's another Niners quarterback who plays well, because I think some of the Jimmy followers, if, if Trey Lance balls out, they'll go, Oh, that's what it looks like. (laughs) Oh, okay. That is different. Who knows? So that's, what's fun. Cause he, he could end up going somewhere and, and we'd see some other side of Jimmy that we haven't as much. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to be wrong. That'd be really fun. Wow. You just uttered a statement that I don't think anybody behind a microphone has ever said. It'd be cool <laughs> to be wrong. It's fun to be wrong. Who this fellow apologized to you. Oh, in the he reviews said he came too hard. That's I true. Love that. I love that. I do appreciate. I, I always say, I will totally admit when I'm wrong. It's not my. I don't. I don't know how to phrase this without people going nuts. I say what I think. I look at a situation. I look at what people say about it. I look what they do, and I I try to read between the lines and come up with what I think is happening. When I do that, I'm not thinking. Is this going to be correct? All I think is here are the facts. Here's how I, here's the context. And here's what I shoot out. That's all I do. If I'm wrong later, I say it like, that's okay. No one expects me to be hundred percent accurate in everything I say. Nobody is. The teams aren't hundred percent accurate. How many guys do they draft that stink? Like, so there is no expectation of perfection. So yeah. it's okay to be wrong. If you're wrong, just admit when you are. Yeah, man, you can go through life uh, being wrong and being embarrassed, or you can be wrong and be curious. Oh, I was wrong. Teach me something. What, what What was I missing? That's cool. That makes me curious. What What way am I, you know, it's a great way to go and look at things. Otherwise, you don't get to learn much because you're afraid to ask questions. You're afraid to be wrong. We all dealt with it in school. There's kids who tease you if you don't know something. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that mentality of, you don't know something. Let's tease you. That just encourages people to not speak up when they don't know something. Uh, so yeah, let's be wrong. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the fun part of sports. This 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 sort of authoritative, you know, an end all be all, all knowing thing is really confusing to me. I think it's just takes why we love it kind of out of the sport. I would love to hear 
cowherd get up and go, man, I, I do not. He's done it a little bit. He'll say, I don't know who's going to win this playoff game. I don't have a feel for this one. It could go either way. I really admire that. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a – sounds vague, but I, I think you could look at it as it's actually kind of specific. He's really – He's really looking at that closely and being honest. I don't, I can't, I don't have a feel for this. I can't tell you who's going to take this one. I, I just, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. You know? Yeah, I worked on Colin's show for, for a Did while you? at ESPN. Yeah. Um, so I worked on his show for a little while and he didn't know my name. And all he knew about me was that I wore a leather jacket every day because it was always freezing inside ESPN. So I wore a leather jacket every day. He used to refer to me as the kid in the bomber jacket. <laughs> and the one thing that I loved is I would get his lunch for him every day. And everyone was like, why do you get Colin's lunch every day? You don't have to do that. And I would be like, I love getting Colin his lunch because then Colin buys me lunch every day. <laughs> and I'm going to go to the cafeteria anyway. So what difference does it make if I have to pick up one more meal? So yeah, I used to work on his show and I would bring him his lunch every day. And uh, the, the two things he knew about me were that I wore a bomber jacket and that I was married. And that was well, it. Colin, someone brings you your lunch every day. Learn their learn their name. I mean, it's not it's not like he's traveling on the road, meeting new people all the time. It sounds worse than it is. Okay, he he, he was always nice to me, and he would listen to me. Like Colin will listen to anybody, and he'll he'll take what you say and turn it into uh you know a philosophy or something on the show. Like he's very open to ideas for his show from anybody. But he doesn't, it's like, do I need this to take up space in my brain? Or can I put, can I fill that space with something else that could help me on the show? And he looks at it as like, well, this is non-essential information. I'm going to fill it with something else. So it sounds, I don't mean that to say like Colin is a huge jerk. He's not. It's just his brain okay, works yeah. differently. That doesn't surprise me though. He's locked in. That guy's, that guy's, he's locked in to his his points is that you can you can feel the work coming off him and that's that's something at least to admire agree with him or not you know the sky stayed up last night and, and composed this argument this point I, I i i like that a lot i don't you can kind of tell when you know it's halftime of the warriors game and and the guys up there just kind of spitballing they didn't really have any analysis then then you're more of a you're more of an entertainer than an analyst at that point to me. I think most of them look like look at themselves more as entertainers than analysts, to be right. honest, which is frustrating. Because uh, I think big word, isn't it? It does a disservice to us as fans, the consumers of the product. Like, yeah. tell me something I don't know that I can't tell myself from watching this. Isn't that why they have all these former players up there? Is you watch the game with different eyes. Like, like you're a perfect example. If I were to watch a, a movie or a TV show with you, you would have insight into how possibly things get shot, things get done, the process behind things that I will never have as someone who's not an actor. That's right. what I want to know from them. Right. And it, to not to not give us that is disappointing. I agree. I They must be... They they they're doing their research, so they must they must uh, enough w listeners and viewers must just want it basic. 
because that's all I want. And that's what I like to find the folks who this guy, Jack Hammer, he breaks down the film, man. I mean, that's what I want. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> if you can find a way to explain the wide nine alignment to me, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'd like, I'd like to see more of it too. You know, you circle your guys, Tony, um, Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer do some stuff. Looks like Alex Smith may, may get pretty specific. He seems like he may have a good gift on, on sharing insights, actual insights, you know, kind of funny though. Like these guys will be in the game for so long. You'd think they'd have more to say, but not always. It's a different job. It's not different job. It's not about how much, you know, whether you're doing this job that I'm doing as a host of a show or an analyst, uh, it is not about how much you know. It's about how can you take what you know and distill it quickly into something that's digestible and memorable for the audience. It's so beautiful. It's, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Can you, when you sit down to watch like a show or a movie, can you just enjoy it and consume it as a normal fan or are you constantly looking and being like oh i bet that scene was a pain in the ass to shoot i well i've gone through phases of, of both there was a minute where i got so obsessed with the the critical element to my my career in just picking apart every single aspect of a film or movie drew my wife absolutely nuts. <laughs> um so I started a film class uh, and that helped a bit, but then I realized I couldn't turn it off. And I, I, I was starting to kind of overanalyze, overthink, kind of lost the point to all this. And I, I had to loosen up and forget and let go. That isn't my job. My job essentially is to not think. My job is to get, and that's another way that actors and athletes are very similar you, there's a lot of work you have to do on clearing your mind and just being very present and and not thinking at all just reacting you hear that a little bit of a trope but you hear that in, in acting classes this acting is about reacting well, sports are exactly the same but there's this just sort of in, in, impossible to describe uh, in between of, of action and reaction and on a field that, you know, Curry mentioned, he said, I, I shoot well when I'm not thinking about my form, but when I'm aware in, in, you know, adjusting my hips or whatever, you know, that's when I miss. And that, that's sort of the, the, uh, the fun part of it. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like it was getting to an unhealthy level that I was breaking apart film and TV. So I just, I just stepped back and now I'm really good at just watch Batman last night, the three hour one. And um, it was cool. It's, it's a lot more fun when you turn your brain off at times, but you can't help, but look at Colin Farrell and think, how long was he in that chair? Doing that? <laughs> right. You know, how much did what they came up with affect his performance, what he did with it? You know, what, when did they start that process? What input did he have on it? That, that kind of stuff is, is fun and fascinating. It's sort of, um, there's just like a cool mix in my occupation of, of planning and not planning and knowing when to do what. Um, 
when you don't plan, when you got to just get there, get to set, see what it's like and, and, and react in that way. Um, I'm sure it's very much the same in sports. Like you can only watch so much film breakdown of the Washington commanders before you just need to get on the field, get in front of, uh, you know, well, Trent Williams is niner now, but you know, you have to just get a, get out there and deal with that, that athlete you're against. I watched an interview with you uh, talking about playing Ed Kemper and how you had to go to a dark place to portray a serial killer. And one of the crazy, like a serial killer. Yes. But like among serial killers, he's crazy. Um, and it made me think of, cause I think that Kyle Shanahan used this exact phrase, dark place when talking about, Debo and like where Debo goes before a game, how you have to get into a frame of mind that is that is quite removed from who you are normally and is kind of scary. Beautifully put. I think that kind of the two modes in acting and in sports is like pure fire. Get that adrenaline up so high. And just go. I think Denzel is that way. Denzel is someone, if you're working with, you have to be on your toes. And then I think there's the Stephen Curry peace of mind. The calmer I am, the more at peace I am, the better I'm going to be. And I think that's that's generally what you see in, in sports in a lot of ways. Um, and maybe it depends on the position. But, but acting similar. There's some folks, it's like, dude, these people are crazy. <laughs> They're gonna go a hundred percent. Gonna go super hard. Um, I'm more of a peace of mind guy. I just want to get up early, do a lot of stretching, do some breathing while I'm meditating. I want to get kind of super relaxed and calm and open, um, just so I can kind of go with the flow. Whatever's gonna happen next. It's kind of a different style, though. It's it's not an attacking style. Mm -hmm. um, which it has its pluses and minuses. I think it takes me a little longer to warm up than some actors. I think Debo, I mean, Debo, Debo's warmed up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> From the first play on, he's ready to go. And I think that's part of why we admire him so much. I think it jumps off the screen that this guy is going to fight. Some He has some of the best three-yard runs I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I God, I admire him. I love that guy. I, I, I think Debo's kind of my favorite guy on the Niners right now. All right. I have tried really hard to be really smooth and kind of weave in and out between sports and acting, but I don't want to <laughs> let you go without asking a bunch of stupid fanboy questions of an actor. Cool. So if you'll indulge me, I cool. have a list. Yeah. First one. Is it fun to get shot on camera? fun to get shot on camera it's very fun it's dropped a vest to me and there's all these many explosions going off on my chest and you kind of shake your body and pretend to die that was a pretty good time yeah <laughs> it looks I like mean, it would be fun you kind of want to get it right because they set up a backup vest just in case but they don't set up a backup for the backup so mm. you could be costing them unspeakable amount of money if you don't get it right <laughs> oh but yeah, yeah, it was it was a blast. Uh, what is the toughest thing to film that people don't realize is tough? Mornings. 
Why? Because you're getting up and having to be on your A game in the morning. And your call is early. I think people think actors work out all the time because they're vain. Some of them might be. But I think Tom Cruise and Charlize Theron, etc., are in that good of shape because their energy needs to be through the roof. You have to, doesn't matter what mood you're in, you have to be <laughs> portraying mm-hmm. that person then and there. And, uh, and you really have to be connected and going. So I think, I think energy is, is kind of what makes the industry go round. Um, I think it's important what, you know, it's starting, I'm getting older. So change what I'm putting in my body as I drink whiskey in front of you <laughs> out of a bottle. Um, <laughs> whoops, but I, I'm not working right now. Uh, don't judge me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say probably just, just the energy, the present, all that. We all have problems in our lives. You got to forget them all. So you, I'm just looking on IMDb, did a movie that's going to come out this year, I believe, with Tom Hanks. Yeah. A Man Called Otto. Yeah. Do you think that they're like, people think, okay, we're going to be working with Tom Hanks today. Like they have an expectation. So kind of like what you were just talking about with Tom Cruise bringing the energy, like people expect Tom Hanks, they have an image of him that they expect him to live up to. And he's got to live up to that. You know, whether he's sick, whether he's tired, whether, you know, whatever the case may be. I know there wasn't a question there. I just, yeah, I, was, uh, I missed. Yeah. Yeah. No, he certainly does. Yeah. He, and does he, he live up it. to it? He more than lives up to it. He's the goat, man. He's Thanks. the goat. He's the goat. He comes right up to you and everything about the way he carries himself says, hey, man, just relax. I'm just a guy. You're a guy. Let's hang out. Let's have a conversation puts everyone at ease and he loves people. I mean, I, I wish I loved people half as much as he does. <laughs> he runs up to them. You know, there'll be some neighbor, you know, where we're shooting in some houses and someone down the street happens to be walking by. He'll run over to make sure to say hi to him. And he'll be driving with his driver and see someone get married and jump out and photobomb their wedding. <laughs> uh, doesn't always work. They don't always know who he is. So now he's a weirdo asking. Um, you know, hey, you, you know, there's a foreign couple he met too while we were shooting. Um, <laughs> he had no idea who he was, so he was just some weirdo who wanted to be in the wedding photos. Um, so it's not always going to work when you're extra friendly, right? But uh, he he really is America's dad. He's sweet and wholesome and approachable and and uh, incredibly loose and free. He makes everyone look good because he'll he'll add a line. Say, why don't we say this? Or he'll add some blocking, a concept from the director. He'll he'll throw out a scene idea, and and they'll they'll get incorporated because they're good ideas, not because it's Tom Hanks. Because he's he's throwing out the good stuff, and he's just I believe he's a, into transcendental meditation. He just he's he's got a real clear head, and he can show up to work and just be an idea machine. Cool. It's very cool. That is awesome. But you know, they always say like, Oh, don't meet your heroes or whatever, but I have yeah. never heard a bad Tom Hanks story. Doesn't happen. No, me neither. Never heard it. He just, he, I mean, if you're that famous, you love attention. Um, but 
some folks love attention and you don't love giving it to them. It's hmm. sometimes it's it's more of a symbiotic relationship. And in Tom Hanks's case, you know, if he if he wants to take the floor and say something, it's just such a pleasure to to listen to him. And he doesn't need it. It's not like he's on set, you know, bothered. You know, often he's just sitting there with his eyes closed, relaxing. You know, it it was really easy. It was one of the easiest shoots I think I've done. He just he'd be talking to you. They'd say action and kind of turn and start acting. And then <laughs> it's a cut. He'd finish his story to you. You know, it's cool. <laughs> That's all. What was like the first time you shot something with him? Were you like nervous, or does he just put you at ease to where you just got into it? That's kind of a bit of both. He has first day jitters too. You know. He's he's kind of nervous too. He's kind of like, oh, it's first day. You don't know what you know. No one knows what this is going to be or look like. Uh, but uh, it yet yeah, it got easier and easier uh, as it as it went along. I, I haven't been in this long enough, but I I feel like that's the case most of the time. If the project's not going well, it probably gets a little worse. People feel like if they feel like it went from, I mean, no one just does a project to do it. Everyone goes in thinking this could be great. They're not like, Hey, let's do a half-assed job, everybody. <laughs> but if you're partway through the project and you start wondering if maybe this one's not very good, you can see people's energy drop off and that's infectious. It's hard to Pacino talked about that. He only wants to work with people with that, like go because if they're kind of lax, then he is. He'll kind of follow suit. And I know exactly what he means, you know. I like I like direct. I loved working with Fincher because he's there to work. And uh, he keeps he keeps my spine straight. Well, people set the tone, right? Again, it's like another crossover between athletics and acting. Like yeah. there are there are people that just set the tone. Kittle does it for the Niners, Debo does it. Yeah. They, people take their cue off of them, and and if they come in down and kind of half-assed, yeah. like you said, it affects everybody. The Bucks said that when Brady showed up. The whole right. organization just changed overnight. Like, there's something infectious about those, like super locked-in people. I think. Don't bring up Tom Brady with me, with uh, 49ers fans. Come on, uh, man. Thomas Brady. What could have? It is. A crazy fact. I was thinking about this the other day. The three best quarterbacks of my lifetime are Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. And the 49ers had a shot at all of them. And they said no to all of them. They could have drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2005. They could have drafted Brady out of college. And then they could have had Brady before he went to the Bucks, And they said no to him again. And Peyton Manning was with Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers, and they were interviewing each other, talking about him coming to the team. And then Jim Harbaugh started making fun of Peyton Manning because his arm was so weak, he couldn't throw the ball very hard. So the Niners could have had all three of those guys, and they said no every time. And we're here now talking about 22-year-old Trey Lance, hoping that he is the answer because of it. Yeah, I forgot about Peyton. And by the way, when the... When the Niners play the Bucks this year, I think you're going to see Brady try and stick it to them. Because if you think he forgot about the fact that they said no to him, you're out of your mind. Yeah, who did it? Who 
who do the Niners <laughs> who wants to kill the Niners this year? Um, Justin Fields is gonna want to kill him, Russell Wilson is gonna yep. want to kill him. Um, Tom Brady's gonna want to kill him. Um, I don't think Mahomes has that kind of because they won the Super Bowl, so I don't yeah. think he he has that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think maybe Mike McDaniel coach of the Dolphins seeing as how he was Kyle's understudy for a long time he might kind of want to say like hey you know uh, I'm the I'm not the student any longer yeah I think the Dolphins are going to want to come hard in general most are over there yeah that's true too yep they're probably going to want to come hard people want a piece of the Niners for sure they all want a piece well good that means you're doing you, they don't want a piece of the teams that suck right they no. only want a piece of the good teams that's exactly it yeah yeah, we want to give them it. I mean, I, I feel Niners should be as confident and their fans should be as confident as any team right now. Uh, I, I think they're very, very set up for the future. If Drake Jackson is is advertised, um, man, they're just going to be set up for a long, long time. You've got both your edge rushers. You've got your QB. That is a great place to start. You got Warner locked in too for at least a few more years. Like the, the foundation is there. And, you know, it's a long way to go before they pull it all together. But right now, they're in a very, very good spot. Yeah. Cameron, I can't thank you enough for sitting down and, and spending so much time with us here. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. If you have a, I know you, you uh, thanks for watching all my stuff. If you'd ever like to chat more about that stuff, we're talking Niners. But uh, I love talking about my work. So uh, thanks for having me on and get, getting to chat about this stuff. I hope your your fans enjoyed my, my drinking and my rambling. <laughs> it was Maker's Mark, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Which, yeah. Good choice by you, by the way. Let's get too nervous about this. You know, too I'm not nervous. in my field here. But uh, No one uh, has ever been nervous talking to me. <laughs> Uh, we remind everybody again, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, as we heard earlier in the show, I will take the time to read it. Good, bad, or ugly. I read the five stars. I read the one stars, too. Like I, People, you have given me part of your day by taking time to leave that review. So the least I can do is read it, even if it's bad. So thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Michelle's back from vacation tomorrow, so we'll do the Gold Diggers podcast. She has plenty to say about the Javon Kinlaw situation, Trey Lance, and more. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Thank you.